Hey out there in podcast land, welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Today, we're back in the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter, verses 26 through 40. Jesus answered them and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate some of the loaves and were filled. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father, God, has set his seal. Therefore they said to him, What are we to do so that we may accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. So they said to him, What then are you doing as a sign? so that we may see and believe you. That work, what work are you performing? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and it is so written, he gave them bread out of the heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will not be hungry, and the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. But I say to you that you have indeed seen me, and yet you do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everything that he has given me I will lose nothing, but will raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him will have eternal life and I myself will rise him up raise him up on the last day now I know you're asking how in the world is she going to get shepherding out of this and I tell you I don't know but let's see what the Holy Spirit has has to say Jesus is speaking to the people who have been following him remember he's like the news of the town He's been performing all sorts of miracles and signs and people who are so who were so desperate for help have flocked to him and some just out of curiosity. And we can understand why. I mean, he was like I said, he was the news news traveled about this Jesus. And so he had answers. But not at all of those who flocked to see him recognized that he was God incarnate. And that's what the scripture is getting to. Remember in episode 8, I believe it was, we talked about sheep recognizing the voice of their shepherd, that they have ears to hear him. Not everyone has developed an ear to hear God. I believe it gets developed, though. I believe it, it, it grows through physical as well as spiritual. Why do I say this? It's because as a little girl, I had an ear for God. I, I recognized Jesus as my Savior as a little girl. I went to church and the stories of the Bible, the preaching that I could understand made sense to me. So I recognized that Jesus was the Savior and I accepted him. 
I was still a child though, but as I grew to an adult, God used my life experiences as training lessons to draw me closer to him and my ear of hearing him has been developed. It's more mature. Is it where it's supposed to be? No. I believe that didn't happen until Jesus returns. We're all in a growing process with him. Some people have a mature ear of hearing God as children, you know, and they recognize the call and their unique purpose early on. Others develop in their teen years or young adult or senior years, and there are those who either ignore the voice or they never really hear it. So all of that to say, although Jesus had a crowd around him, the people were there for different reasons. And the text highlights that Jesus knew it. Right off the bat, he calls them out. You're here because you were fed, not because you seek the kingdom, but because of your physical carnal needs were met and your flesh cries out for more. Of course, that's Greta Bennett paraphrasing. Then he goes on to say that he was sent to offer us eternal life. What I find interesting is that this is a dialogue and not a lecture, like Jesus on the Sermon of the Mount, where he is, you know, not lecturing, but it's a one-way conversation. It's a speech, a sermon, so to speak. But this is a dialogue because after he calls them out and he says that, then they respond, well, what what we got to do to accomplish the works of God? You know, what do we have to do to obtain this eternal life? I love the honesty that they have, that they're willing to show. Now, I don't know if they were being sarcastic in it. I I think some of them may have been sarcastic, but then there were some who wanted to know. And so they're basically saying, well, we hear you, Jesus, but what do we do? And then Jesus says, believe in me. Now, their response lets us know that they didn't quite learn to hear him or recognize him for who he was because they were clouded by the expectations of what the Messiah was supposed to be, not based on their own sacred scripture, the Torah. And so they asked him to prove it, (laughs) which is funny. And they used examples of how God provided for their forefathers in the wilderness, that God provided bread, you know, food, substance for them. And I want you to notice here that they're looking at their physical needs to be met. But Jesus is speaking spiritually. See the disconnect? In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus makes a similar statement where he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more is life is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? I think that these complement each other. In other words, he's saying stop being so concerned about your carnal life. Think about things above. And then Jesus, after some back and forth with them, right? Then all of a sudden he gets kind of tired of it. He's like, listen, I'm the bread of life. Of course, this probably shocked many. Some probably laughed. Can you believe this? Isn't this the carpenter's son, bread of life? Yeah, right. I can hear it now, can't you? (laughs) The remaining verse, though, reminds me, um, it it complements, I believe, the previous episode. Jesus declared that he was the door, right? But now he's using bread as a metaphor. He tells the crowd that 
God the Father has given him authority and responsibility of providing bread to the people that will not perish. That if they partake of it, i.e. accepting him as the way, I'm using another scripture, a metaphor, they will be counted as his and they will be his flock and he will not lose accountability of any of them. Now we've already had an episode on accountability, right? As we have been learning, have you not noticed how the scriptures reinforce each other? And that's what I believe is happening here. Actually, the scripture is the precursor to Jesus' statements of him being the shepherd and the way. So it's like he's setting, he's setting everyone up. Even though it may be a different crowd, he's telling them in a different way. And that's why we hear it so many times in the Bible, so many different ways. It's because we're sheep. And so we need to hear things over and over again until it sticks and he's talking to different people and so he tells it a different way you craft um, craft it a different way because people have different learning capabilities Jesus knew all of that and no doubt because of the area if you're ever blessed to go to Israel you'll see Nazareth Capernaum all of those places are close proximity like if we would have to drive there we could get to everything in about 20 minutes (laughs) they were on foot Okay, I may be exaggerating a little bit. Maybe, maybe an hour max from one point to another. Maybe. But so that's what Jesus is doing. And that's why you have the same themes in the Bible just stated different ways. But it's the same theme. And what he wants it to do is he wants it to stick. And even when it does stick, like we're his sheep now and we're in his flock and we hear it. It needs to be reinforced because we'll forget or we'll water it down. As our shepherd Jesus reinforces that there is an expectation the shepherd has of his sheep. And the expectation is that we know him and therefore therefore, follow where he leads. Knowing that where he leads, we will be fed. That goes to one of my favorite scriptures Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, right? Just trust him. He's going to lead you to a better place. He's going to take care of your needs. You as a caregiver are being placed in a position of leading your loved one to recovering the, to to one of helping them recover maybe from an accident to support them as they regain their autonomy or you could be walking them toward eternity we know that no one can go with another person to eternity each one of us have has our own time to go but we want to be in the company of those who we love when it when that time comes right you are providing that as well as as well as a safe environment that allows them to rest and experience the presence of God. God is our bread of life and through him we have so much. And so today let us not go through this back and forth that we saw the crowd doing. Not let's not make him jump through hoops to prove to us that you know he wants us to do certain things 
let's just be obedient, ear-toned, not tone deaf, (laughs) ear-toned sheep, if that's a concept, to where we hear him and then we respond. Because we know that he has a good plan for us. And he has already proven his goodness on the cross. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for knowing that we need to hear things multiple times. We thank you, Lord, for pointing out that at times we're no better than the people in the crowd. Help us to get to a point where we just ultimately, sincerely, with childlike faith, just trust you. Help us to not require you to show us any signs or anything like that. But just maybe, okay, Lord, I just want to make sure this is what I'm hearing you ask me to do. Help us to go through this season of caregiving or whatever season it is, hand in hand with you. If caregiving, Father, if we are nearing a time where that person has to be called home, undergird the caregiver with your strength and with your peace in order to be strong for their caregiver as they go. Sometimes, Father, we know that our loved ones try to hang on until the last second because we won't let go. And that can be painful, too, for them. But give the caregiver the reassurance that in whispering in their ear that they've done everything that they're supposed to do and that it is okay if they lay down and rest, that that's okay that that's a form of comfort as well, knowing that we will see them on the other side. We know that you are orchestrating a great work. We know how it comes. We know how it ends, that Jesus returns and that we'll all be caught up in you. Help us to just continue to trust you and to allow us, allow you to use our lives for your purpose and in your service. We know you are a God of provision. You not only supply us with physical food, but the most important thing is you supplied us with eternity through our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that. For this, Lord, we give you the honor and the glory. And we ask that you continue to draw us closer to you as we surrender everything in our hearts to you day by day. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, my fellow caregivers, you go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus.